you know, it's not often that I'm stumped for words, and, 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 and really, um, I just don't know where to start today. Do I start with Garbinia Muguruza and, and the crime that she committed on court? Um, do I start with how remarkable and, and fantastic uh, Bianca Andreescu was today against um, Australian Open finalist Danielle Collins? Or do I maybe talk about uh, Emma Raducanu and, and, and how legit she looks? And how we actually need to start talking about her again? Um, or do we talk about the, the night session in, in Madrid? Uh, they they decided to have Zachary and Kasatkina and Naomi Osaka and Sara Suribes Tormo uh, cap, off, cap the second round. Where would you, where would you start if if you had to start with like the the craziest or most significant match or result or performance uh where would you start Since I don't know where to start I'm just going to do it in in chronological order as it happened um and then as always I'm going to talk about the best thing I saw today, uh, the worst thing I saw today, and uh, let me tell you, there are a lot of contenders. There are there are a lot of contenders, and of course, the most interesting thing that I saw today, um, I will not use. Uh, I can only use a match for one of those categories, even if it's different players. Obviously, um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not gonna use it for more than one. Uh, of those things. So Bianca Andreescu versus Danielle Collins. Now, I uh, yesterday I, I I told you guys that um, Danielle Collins, if you're pricing her like this, she has to be playing well. Like she has to be in in fantastic form and and looking scary. If she is, and you price her like that against uh, someone like Andreescu, then it's okay. It's it's a good line. And and honestly, might even be worth a bet. But if 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 you price Danielle Collins minus one eighty, minus one ninety, and offer Andreescu at plus one fifty odds, uh, then then you're talking crazy. Um. Even if Bianca did not play as well as she did, obviously this line would have still been crazy. I'm not talking. Uh, you know, with 2020 vision, uh, 2020 hindsight vision, that is. Um, tr truly, this line was was a bit funny, and and just no respect being shown for Andreescu. Um Collins is a scary player, and like I said, and and this is really important. You can only price her like that if she's playing well. I mean, yeah, we we saw her play one match, uh, but we can't put any stock into a match against. Monica Puig. However, Bianca was so much better than I, I would have anticipated, to be honest. Or, or maybe she was as good as I was, but but the gulf in quality... Or maybe Danielle Collins was, was even worse than I thought uh, she would be, honestly. Uh, there was a clear level and in, in clear difference uh, between the level and quality between these two players. Um... And and the thing with these matches, and I keep saying this, and and this is uh, uh, what's the word? Re reoccurring theme. This is a recur reoccurring theme so far in Madrid. You really can't make an assessment on how good somebody looks, uh, based on the matches that they play, because really the uh the opponent makes a huge difference. Uh, the time of day and the and the conditions and the environment. Uh, in the, in the stadium or stadiums uh, makes a huge difference. Uh, a closed roof or not uh, makes a huge difference. Um, so I, and again, I, I feel like a lot of blowouts. Yesterday, seven out of eight matches went over. Today, only one out of the eight. I mean, there's no consistency in, in what you expect. Today's scoreline: six one, six one, six three, six love. 
6363, 6464, 6261, 63316. That was the only match to go three sets. The only match to go over uh, the posted total games. And then 6-3-6-1. Uh, blowout after blowout, not even close. Uh, other than the match that went to three sets, the second uh, closest match uh, was 6-4-6-4. Six, four, six, four. And once we talk about that match, you can argue that it uh, wasn't even close. Uh, although 6-4-6-4. Six, four, six, four. And, and the reason why I say this, so I mentioned this, uh, you know, Andriescu, Collins, it's, uh, it's still, to the, I mean, look, Andriescu has looked impressive. And, and Stuttgart, her first tournament back in I don't know how long, it's clay, which Andriescu hasn't really played much of. This is actually her first appearance here in Madrid. And next week she's going to play Rome. That'll be her first uh, appearance uh, on the clay in Rome. And Stuttgart, uh... You know, just to recap really quick, Andrescu beat uh, Julie Nemo, who's a, a big-time clay court player, uh, if you're look at, looking at the German players, and, and uh, a sort of a fan favorite in Germany. Uh, Sabalenka made it close. Uh, we know Sabalenka played good, not great last week. Um, took a set, maybe wasn't that close, but was somewhat competitive. Uh, positive signs. This week... I mean, wow, she looks better and better. You can argue that this is the best Andrisco has played in three years. But still, we are unable to, to truly give an assessment on how well she's playing. Like, really. Because like a three-set win against Alison Risk and 6-1-6-1 six, one, six, one here against Daniel Collins, it's, it's hard to tell. She gets Pagula next, and I think the lines... We'll talk about that later. The lines of that match are sort of a, uh, a reflection or a confirmation of, of what I'm saying here. Um, it's really hard to gauge and make a, a, a true assessment of Andrisco's level at the moment. Because I don't think Danielle Collins uh, was much of a challenge at all. Andrisco's performance, contender number one for uh, best thing that I saw today. Andrisco's performance. Moving on to Kalanina and Muguruza. Now, this is a really interesting one, and it's um, it looked a lot like a match we saw yesterday. Yesterday, Halep versus Bedosa. Halep made Bedosa look so silly, but it's not because of how bad Bedosa was. It's because of how good Halep played, and I'll be honest. I mean, yes... Bedosa is a piece of shit player, but uh, Halep was exceptional. And Bedosa looked silly, but it, it wasn't due to her own performance. It was just sort of her being so shit and her opponent being way, like, miles better than her. Today, Muguruza versus Kalanina. Uh, Kalanina made Muguruza look silly. However... It is not due to what Kalanina did, or, or the level or the quality of Kalanina. It, uh, Muguruza looked shit because of uh, what she was doing the first set. Um, and it was really painful to watch. Uh, Muguruza uh, was, was down a break and had two, uh, two, two return games after getting broken to, to break back and, and, and even the score and get back on serve. And multiple breakpoints, I think five or six. She didn't. She didn't get a single one. And it was uh, really bad and painful to watch. Even you know in the stadium, you could hear the oh after every miss uh, when she had breakpoint. Uh, it was painful to watch. She looks slow. She looks. She looks like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, if 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 you if you follow the NFL. You'll know that uh, Ben Roethlisberger last year in the pocket in the in in the backfield looked like a statue, or like a fridge or something. Muguruza, she looks very similar to to Ben Ro Roethlisberger, a lot sexier, but still largely ineffective when it comes to mobility and 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 moving around and things like that. 
she... And here's the thing, Kalanina, like, Kalanina turned it the fuck on after that. Uh, which is a bit of a ratty thing, Muguruza was sort of disencouraged, or, or sort of... You know, when you don't break like that, and, and the expectations are high, there's pressure, you're... You're probably the best Spanish player in a long time since your coach. Um, yeah, Bedosa's the top, you know, quote-unquote top-ranked Spanish player at the moment, but she's no Garbinia Muguruza, and Spain knows that, the, 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 the Spanish tennis fans know that, the fans of Spanish tennis know that, um... So yeah, it was it was rough to see. It was rough to see on Kalanina after um, if if she had any um, nerves or anything like that for facing um, you know a top player like Muguruza in Madrid uh, in Manolo Santana. Um, it was all gone, and Kalanina honestly played freely. She played loosely, um, and dare I say she she looked good. I mean, Muguruza definitely helped her. A, a, out a lot she gave her confidence um and then she's just sort of allowed her to to play her game Muguruza later on in the match uh didn't win a single game after failing to to break and then Kalina held for the set that is definitely a contender Muguruza's performance today definitely a contender for the not only the worst thing that I saw today but honestly the worst thing I saw all tournament and here, and here's the thing: when when we talk about something being the worst thing, or or, or the worst player, or the worst performance, it's it's all like relative to to how well you expect them to perform. Like for example, um, like Sloane Stevens. Obviously, that's not the worst thing I saw because you expect her to play like dog shit. So like when she does play like dog shit, it's not like the worst thing you saw because really it's what you expect. You know what I mean? Like, if she didn't play a, like dog shit and still lost, that that is honestly a great match for her. You know, but Garbini Muguruza, to, 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 to get given the runaround, to, to, to be made to look so silly uh, and helpless and, and, and toothless on court, then that's, that's the worst thing that, that I saw, for sure. Um, probably the biggest disappointment thus far. That's probably a better way to put it. When Sloane Stevens, uh, you know, shits the bed and and sucks thick during a tennis match, uh, it's not a disappointment. It's to be expected. The bar is that low. Muguruza, the bar obviously is set uh, a lot higher. And yeah, just to play devil's advocate here with high expectations and and a bar that is set so high comes pressure, nerves, da 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 da. Expectations not really a good thing sometimes for the player. Uh, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders. I'm not making excuses for her. I'm, j I'm just sort of giving uh, a counter-argument. But no, definitely uh, very disappointing. Um, again, I don't know how much credit to give Kalanina. Really. I mean, really, the matches are like that. Like, it's such a blowout. And it's so lopsided. And, and one-way traffic. And... and <laughs> And when games are one-sided like that, like, you... It looks like a practice match. Like, it looks like an exhibition, you know? You, you can't really make a true assessment of a player if the match is not competitive. Like, there are no big points. I mean, there were in the first set. But in, in the bigger picture, were they big points? I mean, at the time, they were, they were big points. Because ultimately, that's the set for Kalanina, right? Uh, if she holds here, that's a set. If you break back, then uh, game on. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, six three, six love. That, that's that's not very good. Name a better love story, or a worse love story, depending on how you look at it, between Garbini Muguruza and two thousand twenty-two. It's just horrible. If you allow me to take you back to Guadalajara, the WTA finals in November or December, uh, late last year, uh, at the end of the season, the WTA finals, Garbini Muguruza was nothing short of incredible. Like, she looked so, so good, so dominant. She had that um, swagger about her that 
you usually associate with a Muguruza that's playing well and that's in good form. Just that bad bitch energy, you know, walking around like, uh, like I'm better than you and I'm I'm gonna beat you. you. You, no one can hang with me, and it was like that. And she played so so good. And we were like, wow, where was this all year? Um, hope to see this next year. We didn't see any of it next year. N nothing at all. Not even close. Not even for five minutes. N nothing like that. All year this year, uh, just disappointment after disappointment. She looks so slow. And, and, and I think her lack of movement and explosiveness is, is honestly a huge liability in her game. Um, she looks less explosive. It's okay to be slow, but if you're, if like, Elise Mertens is slow, but I mean, Elise Mertens is not a top, top player, but you know, players who are slow, they, they usually know how to work their game, um, to sort of compensate for that, to make up for that. And they're usually smart. They're more cerebral players. They, they move you so they don't have to move themselves. You know, um, Muguruza just doesn't line up well with her game at all. Okay, her footwork is great. Probably the best um, footwork there is. And, and technique. And, and, and just, like, technically, she's probably the best. If not, uh, you know, probably one of the best. If not the best on, on in the women's tour. I've tweeted this a couple times. If you ever have a daughter... If you, if you ever have a daughter... If you have a daughter... And she wants to get into tennis, or a younger sister, or something, and they ever want to get into tennis, just show her a mixtape of Garbini Muguruza uh, playing tennis. Uh, Garbini Muguruza's team actually cover uh, a record and and document a lot of her practice sessions, her fitness sessions, her routine in the gym, things like that, footwork drills, ladders, all that stuff, um, on the tennis court and in the gym and like in parks or whatever on the beach. Um, and there's like a series about it on, on YouTube if you just want to go watch for fun. But if your daughter ever wants to learn tennis, let her watch uh, a Garbini Muguruza mixtape. Really? Maybe not 2022 highlights. Uh, unless unless you want your daughter to be a big massive disappointment. Um, but no, truly. If, if Garbini Muguruza's footwork, wow. Like every every step, every sort of half step, every movement is so calculated and has uh, power and intent behind it. You know what I mean? Like every every movement she makes, it's for a reason, and and helps set up her shot uh, and and what she's trying to do. It's it's really nice to see. But what she's lacking is just the explosiveness and just getting there. Like like good footwork uh, means nothing if you're slow and late. You know what I mean? Because tennis is also about uh, timing, hitting the ball like in in the sw the not only the sweet spot but also your own sweet spot, your strike zone. Do you like it high, shoulder height, waist height? Do you hit it early? Do you step into the court like that? And Muguruza does tend to like to to step into the court and be aggressive uh, and take balls early. And she sets her feet up perfectly for that. But if you're slow and you're getting there half a second or a second too late, then... Pagula versus... Jesse Pagula versus Kai Kanapi. I was a bit skeptical about this one. I felt like the line was a little funny. Pagula seemed like a trap. The line seemed way too good for Pagula backers or betters, and I was a bit skeptical. Uh, and then I realized it was just uh, a really bad line, or Pagula uh, really stepped up. Kanepi is, as we've seen, is no easy opponent. But if you're on your game, and you're on your shit, and you don't slip up, then if you're a decent player like Pagula is, then Kanepi should be in no tall task. And that was the case. Pagula, from start to finish, this was probably the probably least uh interesting match on the slate um it was like pretty early and like other matches were going on so it was like eh whatever pagula beat kanepi 6-3 pagula gets andrisku next and the lines um 
just sort of confirmed that there's, there's just a huge question mark about both players. It's really hard to make an assessment of these players. Uh, Pagula looked very good for a set and a half against Georgie and then was found herself trailing uh, down a break in the decider and then she won the match. And today she made light work of Kanepi who's been stringing some some decent wins together both uh, here th this week and last two or three weeks ago in Charleston. Pagula Andruscu, that line is a pick'em. So the odds are even, it's minus 110 for each player. That is very, very interesting. And the thing is, like, yes, I'm going to bet Andrescu. But it's... You can't tell me that you have a bet on that match and, like, you feel like you have an edge. Or, like, you, you see... You know what I mean? Like, you see something there and you feel like going into this match, uh, you placed a bet and you feel really good about it. I, I don't feel like anyone can say that. Does that make sense? I, I'm saying, like, you can't justify your bet here, because really, there, uh, I feel like, at least, there's not much to go by for these uh, players so far. For most of them, at least. Or uh, maybe all of them. I mean, we, 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 can, we can discuss each one, but Pagula, um, really, I don't know what to make, make of her. I mean, she was minus 140 against Kaya Kanepi, but against Andriscu, she's only minus 110. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's tricky. It's tough. Andrisco was plus 155 against Collins. And now minus 110 against Pagula. Is Pagula better than Collins? Was Andrisco priced incorrectly first and now they're adjusting? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tricky one. But as far as the match goes, I think that's going to be a banger. And I think Andrisco is just too big of a baller and a gamer and a, and a solid tennis player for Jesse Pagula. It's, again, um, most of these matches you can sort of forgo. Like, this is a big stage. I mean, at, uh, so from this point on, it's the third at, third round. They're playing for a spot in the quarterfinals at a 1,000-level a uh, tournament. And Madrid is, is one of the bigger tournaments, more popular tournaments. Uh, on the tour, I think there's seven or eight uh, thousand level tournaments, and all of the girls are, uh, you know, all of the players, men and women, uh, in their respective tours, they get up for this. But Andriscu is a baller, like a gamer, a competitor. She has very good game sense. She knows how valuable uh, a point is. Like, you know, if it's like 30 all. 4-3 in the first set she like she, like she understands how valuable those points are you know what I mean like you feel like she really has good game sense and it's not something that you, that you see often really like like sometimes and and what could potentially be crucial points like that like 4-3 30 all in the first set like you don't really like on serve 4-3 30 all you don't feel like that's a huge game or a huge point or a huge moment of the match but I mean, potentially it could be, right? She has very good game sense, and it's sort of intangible. Like, you can't coach these things. You can't coach being a gamer, a competitor, like a, just a, like a, like a baller, you know what I mean? Like, like someone like Kobe, just having that, the, these instincts and these intangibles and just the, the determination and 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 the competitive spirit uh, it's it's amazing and Drisco is never too high and never too low you know what i mean like um if shit doesn't go her way she makes sure she doesn't get too hot as in heated or or tilted um she always remains calm uh intense at the same time uh i guess they call that controlled aggression um, something Sabalenka could learn for sure. Um, and when, uh, you know, decisive point of the match comes, or there's an important point, a big point, uh, she makes sure to get up for it. And then you can see her, see it from her reaction if she, if she wins the point.
Andriska want to watch out for. I mean, this draw is, is amazing for her. Here, if she gets by Pagula, which I don't think is a, a, a tough out or anything like that, um, she gets Cassid Kina or Suribas Tormo in the quarterfinal. She wins that, she's in a semifinal. Potentially against Raducano. Or Teichman. Or Rebakina. Or Kalanina. Raducano gets Kalanina next, by the way. We, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Raducano in a second. Uh, Jill Teichman versus Leila Fernandez. This was the 6-4-6-4 match. Um, honestly, it was a pretty good match. Uh, I heard a lot of nonsense on Twitter about Leila Fernandez, how she's uh, better than Jill Teichman, and they were surprised that Jill Teichman won this match and feel like Leila Fernandez should have won this match. Uh, like I was saying yesterday, a lot of people like Layla because they're... How do I say this without being offensive? Like, Layla's a popular player on tour because she's a lot like regular people. And I'm sorry, but like, like even like, uh, like I, I am included in when I say regular people. A lot of regular people are not overly attractive or... Um, uh, special in any way, you know what I mean. Um, so, like, when you see someone like Layla, you like them because, like, hey, this girl is just like me. Um, this is why players like Andriscu, uh, Collins, uh, Kvitova, Ostapenko, Sabalenka, these girls aren't um, extremely popular and loved, especially by female fans, because um, these are the girls that these regular girls wish they were. But girls like Layla and Iga, who are just, you know, uh, kind of awkward, quirky, uh, don't fit in girls, I feel like a lot of girls are like that in, 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 in real life, in their lives. Um, I'm trying so hard not to sound offensive. I, I, I don't really mean anything, uh, uh, malicious by it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, um, this is something that I've observed on Twitter and, and with discussions with people. I, I don't really think of any other reason other than this. I mean, there's no way you you prefer players like Leila and 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 um, Iga Swiatek and I'm sort of blanking right now. Um, like Zachary, Kasatkina, these players have fans. Like why? Because they're simple, boring, and not very talented unfortunately like most of you like most of us uh, yeah a lot of a lot of people especially female fans they hate to see uh women like Yastremska succeed Ostapenko Andrisku, Andrisku, Collins, Sabalenka, even Muguruza. These girls that just have this bad bitch energy about them. Um, you know, um, they're intimidating, they're, they're, they're powerful, they're, they're very bold. Um, they're not um, quirky or shy or, or awkward. They're very confident, you know, when they, they, they speak, they walk, they talk, they, the way they carry themselves, the way they play. Um, the confidence is clear, and I feel like tennis, since it's like an individual sport, you're 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 attracted to people that are like similar to you, or like where you can relate to them, or like see yourselves in them. I don't know if I'm way off in this. I can only speak um, from my sp uh, perspective, and also from what I've observed uh, from uh, from others. Now, it surprises me how players like Halep, Andriscu, Collins, Yastremska, Ostapenko, Sabalenka, Muguruza, Kvitova are not very popular. I think it's because they're, they're just boss-ass bitches. And women hate seeing other women like that succeed because they wish they were them or they were bullied by them or they were uh, preferred or, or picked over them.
And really, like, this is some real shit. I'm not even talking about tennis or betting right now. Uh, think about this, and it'll make, it'll make you sort of understand, um, why players are so popular. For me, that was uh, a big question. I, I, um... Like I've said before, I like to think about these things uh, and and ponder, and and really like de delve delve into the shit and like why are players popular? How does how does Kasatkina have fans? And then I and then I realized how I realized how like Kasatkina, Leila Fernandez, and and girls like that have fans. Now it makes sense to me. Anyway, back to the point. Leila Fernandez uh, versus Jill Teichman. Um, again, Jill Teichman bossed this matchup. She loves a lefty to lefty. Um, she just beat the winningest player, uh, both in terms of titles and in total wins, in WTA Madrid's history, Petra Kvitova. Uh, Petra Kvitova won the Madrid title three times, uh, more than any other player uh, in the women's. Uh, and obviously she has the most total wins at Madrid. Also probably the best lefty of her generation, maybe Kerber. Um, and Jill Teichman. And look, Kvitova didn't really play that poorly. Um, in the end, at least. Um, you know, even if you're s uh, set up, it means nothing. I mean, uh, someone like Kvitova can definitely come back from a set up. Uh, Teichman sort of uh, prevented that uh, and played really well. And you don't beat Petra Kvitova in Madrid. And these conditions just to lose to Leila Fernandez. I mean, really, if we're being honest here, who the fuck is Leila Fernandez? I try, I try my hardest to be positive and and to not be negative and to not talk shit. Uh, even though I do do it uh, willingly, sometimes I try to limit it. I don't want to do it all the time. I don't want it to be like the constant tone of this show. But Leila Fernandez really is a rat, and and she's such a displeasure. Is that even a word to watch? Like she's not. She's. It's like the sight of her on a tennis court is very uneasy on the eye. You know that like, um, you know that little like uh, Johnny on the spot thing that they do. I don't know what it's called. Like when they skip or hop. Uh, on the spot to sort of like pump themselves up, get their heart rate up, get the blood flowing, uh, to motivate themselves. Um, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Like uh, before they're about to serve or before they're about to return or, or after a sit down when they get up and go to the baseline. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like they do this like little skip on, on the spot to, you know, g get the juices flowing, uh, motivate themselves, get pumped up, get ready for this game, right? Um, and usually when the girls do it, it's so sexy, you know? Like, like, you know, you see them doing their thing, jumping on the spot. Um, you see some body parts jiggle, and it's aesthetically pleasing. Or at least I thought it was. Um, it's aesthetically pleasing most of the time, not when Layla does it. It really, it's truly disturbing. And I've never seen, not even Paula Bedosa, huh? Not even Paula Bedosa has done this before. I've watched a lot of Paula Bedosa. She keeps winning because she's so good and she plays all the time. She makes runs, so I've seen a lot of her matches. And I've never seen her do this. Leila Fernandez fist pumps. <coughs> three, I, almost, I almost gagged there and threw up. Leila Fernandez fist pumps three times after winning one point. So bet in between winning the point, the conclusion of, of that point, she won it. And, and for between then and the next point, the next serve, she fist pumps three times. And they're big ones too, you know? I mean, that is just so... Unnecessary, excessive, obnoxious, and and you're clearly doing that because you're bad, and and you really do need that extra push. You need that extra um, motivation, affirmation, encouragement, um, like self belief. You know what I mean? Like clearly your self esteem is low. 
like clearly you're not very um, confident in your ability, you need your little things like uh, three to four fist pumps after winning a point. Which is incredible, I think. I mean, I, I, I really don't... <coughs> I, I think she's very unwatchable. Um, I tweeted this. Paula Bedosa, I watch her on mute. No sound. No audio. Only video. Because um, she's nice to look at. Um, and her... You know, uh, Paula Bedosa, you, you gotta watch that game. You gotta watch, like, watch, watch. But I can't listen because of her deep, ugly voice and her excessive roaring. And also, um, you know, the commentators during the broadcast, they have their noses 10 inches uh, up her ass cheeks. And I don't, I don't really have time for that. I don't want to he hear or listen about, any, about anything they have to say on a Paula Bedosa match, so I watch it on mute. And I've, ha I've been having a lot of success with that and, and enjoying her matches a lot more. Layla Fernandez, it's the opposite. I absolutely cannot look at her, so no video, only audio. Like, I turn it on, if it's on a TV, I look away, or if it's um, if I'm streaming it on my computer, I just minimize the tab key, uh, and turn the sound up. Layla doesn't have much audible uh, celebration, it's just, you know, she makes up for it... Uh, you know, visually or physically, three to four fist pumps after every point. If she wins uh, 10 points, you may see anywhere between, you know, 35 to 40 fist pumps. As far as the tennis match went, I'm really impressed by Jill Teichman's uh, confidence and, and uh, aggressiveness. Um, Jill Teichman as well, if she sort of achieves this state of controlled aggression, can be an extremely dangerous player. Um, it's very positive tennis uh, from her serving, really going for it on second serves, uh, aggressive returns, stepping into the baseline, taking shots early. I notice a lot of players are taking shots early because it seems to be very advantageous uh, in these conditions. And if you're aggressive enough, um, and if you have good enough control, controlled aggression, um, you can experience a lot of success doing that. And and Teichman at parts uh, shed out a lot of errors. Um, and that's the problem with this game style. It's high risk, high reward, right? Um, and, and, you know, you can literally be very hit or miss with this sort of approach. Um, but for the most part, when Jill Teichman had it going, Leila Fernandez had zero answers. This tournament's getting pretty good. It's getting pretty good because the bad players are all bowing out and they're getting exposed. I feel like everyone that has made it through thus far, at least today, they deserve it. Andrescu deserves it 100%. Kalinina absolutely deserves it. Jesse Pagula, sure. Jill Teichman, yes. And we'll talk about it now. Emma Raducanu, uh, absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I did say... Now we have to start talking about Emma Raducanu and taking her seriously. Uh, well, safe. Like, everybody's been talking about Emma Raducanu. Like, where have you been? She's one of the best players. Um, now we have to talk about Emma Raducanu and, and, and be serious about her, and, and rightfully so. Uh, we, we have to seriously talk about Emma Raducanu, not as a fraud, not Raducanu, not, not anything like that. She's for real. You know, during her, her match, her first round match against Martinsova, I was uh, skeptical. And, and, you know, I keep saying it's hard to make an assessment uh, on a player's performance based um, on some of these matches. During that match, for sure. I mean, Martin Martinsova was 5-2 up. And as soon as she lost, as, as soon as she got broken when serving for the set, then lost the tiebreak, she just fell off. And Emma Raducanu looked great in the second set, but it's it's hard to it's hard to gauge just how good she is, because I mean Martinsova isn't really just there anymore, and it turned into a practice match or an exhibition match. You know what I mean? And and that's the problem. So it's, it was hard to really really tell how Raducanu looked. Uh, Kostyuk versus Clara Towson. She gave her the runaround, and looked amazing. So confident, so fit, 
and she looked so fast on court. She was getting to everything. And like I said, she's very raw. Um, mentally and, and technically speaking, she has a lot of work to do. Um, with her decision making, her, her, her tennis IQ, things like that. Very raw. Her, her technique and her, her ground strokes, uh, things like that. Very raw. Uh, but physically, she's... Um, has really impressed me and and that's that's a good starting base because the other things you can work on the you know being physically or athletically gifted that's uh, somewhat unique although you can work on it but um Kostuk made her uh Radukanu sorry made Kostuk look uh, a little bit silly Radukanu she has to sort of enter the conversation for players to watch out for her match against Kalanina, I think, is going to be huge. Both of these girls have put in some good performances, and also both of these girls have played matches where you cannot really give them 100% credit and confidently say, like, yeah, she's legit. Even this uh, win over Kostyuk for Radukanu, uh, uh, like, yeah, I've said... Um, we gotta start talking about Raducanu and giving her respect and giving her credit. But at the same time, like, do we? Like, is it pre premature or shall we wait one more match? Same thing for Kalanino, and, and now we're getting that match. So that will be super, super interesting, I think. Um, and whoever wins that match, I think then we can we can truly start talking about them. And, and see if they can ask some questions. Rabakina, 6-love, 1-love over Sinyakova. Sinyakova tired. It just wasn't going for her. Second match in a row, uh, Sinyakova gets bageled in the first set. In the previous match against Anna Konya, uh, you don't need to retire because anything's possible against Anna Konya. Uh, Rabakina, not so much, I guess. Rabakina, uh, I don't know what to make of Rabakina yet. Um, she gets Jill Teichman, which is a tough match because... Jill Teichman, although she played two lefties, and Rebakin is a, a big righty, um, Jill Teichman played like two legit matches against like somewhat decent opponents, Kvitova and Jill Teichman, and uh, Leila Fernandez, sorry. Rebakin played Ossian Dodin and and a 30-minute practice against Sinyakova. So Rebakin also did play doubles, lost doubles. Uh, that was yesterday, though, or... Uh, Saturday. Um, lost in the first round of doubles. So, Rabakina's time on court, even though her confidence should be high, she's well rested. I don't think uh, fatigue is an issue for anyone here at the moment, considering how quick uh, some of these matches are. I think it may actually hurt Rabakina that she hasn't really gotten the reps or, or the hours in or the time on court. And winning matches, period. Even if it's comfortable and easy and having a player retire, like, yeah, sure, that breeds confidence. But there's a different kind of confidence when you grind out a match and, and really work and compete and see your shots go in and, 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 and come through in big moments. That just breeds a whole different kind of confidence. Um, you want the game experience uh, that can't be replicated uh, on a practice court, and you, and you want the big moments, the big points, you know what I mean? Um, and and you feel like Rabakina really needs that, like she, like for her, I think the problem is, is motiv uh, motivation and just energy, like not energy as in fitness, but energy as in like, she, like arousal levels, like I feel like she's just so low, like way too low. I talked about this about Andrescu, like sometimes Andrescu's like chill and shit. Um, Rabakina way too chill. Sometimes she doesn't get up at all. Kaya Mukova, a little bit better than Rabakina, but still sometimes you feel like she's just way too low. Uh, Kaya Pliskova, uh, kind of like Rabakina, another just tall girl who likes to sit back and hit balls on the baseline and serve big. Um, just way too low, way too chill. Um, and that's a problem because a lot of these girls now are rats where they're like, they're like fist pump merchants. They're all about pumping themselves up and, and good energy and good vibes 
and and self-talk and, and and positivity in that sense which it is obnoxious and uh you know like i keep saying excessive um but that that's i guess like the the meta that's the 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 norm now that's th this era it's kind of like that so you so you need your energy up a lot of these girls they win solely by you know like come on like like shit like that you know sakura she stole a career out of her her bummy roar and and and, and fist bumps and and flexing at her box you you can make a career out of it ask sakura ask Bedosa. i mean And Rebakina, she never, um, she never, like, dares herself. She never, uh, I feel like, she doesn't really step out of her comfort zone. She doesn't adventure, you know what I mean? It's very uh, conservative, passive, um, which does not bode well with her playstyle at all. She has to be uh, very aggressive and, 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 and to take initiative in rallies and matches. Uh, set the tone and she has the potential to do that with her game. She has all the tools um, But yeah, let's see So Rebuckina gets Jill Teichman next that's really not an easy one for Rebuckina I mean neither is it an easy one for Jill Teichman But she will have that confidence um, which I think is huge and Jill Teichman is uh, a very positive player um, You know motivates herself um and against Rebakina, i mean i don't know i really don't know um, jill teichman is a four game underdog um you know we're definitely gonna gonna look at that uh tomorrow and 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 that money line's like 200 some so eesh. now i'm not gonna spend more than two minutes covering these last two matches Uh, Sakari and Kassad Kina, look, um, Sakari lost from a setup. Uh, Kassad Kina won 3-6, Um, the only match to go three sets, the only match to go over. Uh, I'm really glad I did not bet, watch, uh, follow this match at all. Uh, really? Sometimes, um, no bet is a, is a, is a, is a good bet. Sometimes the best bet on a match is no bet. Or, or passing. Um, and that's what I did here today. And I, I, I couldn't be any happier about it. I really could not be any more pleased with my decision. Sara Suribes Tormi beat Naomi Osaka. 6-3-6-1. That sound that you just heard is Potapova punching the air. It's funny. Sara Suribes Tormo and Kasten Kina face each other in the next round. Um, the winner will um, play Emma Raducano or Kalanina. Or sorry, no, that's not right. They'll play either Andriscu or Pegula. Yes, sorry. Kasatkina Suribes Tormo next, um, which makes our jo or my job at least easier in the next round because I won't have to cover that match, which is great. So we can focus on the other matches, and the, and and the winner of that match will. Uh, face Andrisco, I think. Um, Andrisco's path to the semi-final, really easy. And the semi-final, she'll either face uh, Raducanu, Kalanina, Teichman, or Rebakina. Uh, none of those four are easy, but she gets Pagula, which I think she can do, and then she gets um, Soribas Tormo or Kassad Kino, which is great news uh, for, for Andrisco. Okay, so the best thing that I saw today was Bianca Andreescu and what she did. I think from start to finish, that was just truly impressive against a potentially very troubling opponent. Um, and even though she was uh, priced incorrectly, she uh, did it as an underdog. 6-1, uh, 6-1, six, one, six, one, uh, really impressive stuff. The worst thing that I saw, now we have some contenders, Muguruta being the first... And we can either use Naomi Osaka or Maria Sakri. I mean, it's uh, those are all like very good options.
But honestly, I'm gonna have to go with Moguruto because uh, for me it was the biggest disappointment, uh, completely unexpected. Um, most of the reason, uh, or the the main reason why I avoided the Sakuri and Osaka matches is because I feel like it was gonna be on on some bullshit. Um, so I'm really not overly surprised. Or, or see either result as a disappointment. Honestly, Osaka losing to Suribes Tormo, uh, Sakuri losing from a set up. Uh, that, that's not sur that's honestly not surprising. I mean, you expect that from shit players. So uh, I, honestly, Muguruza is um, uh, the worst thing that I saw today, and I guess that's some respect on Muguruza because I have high expectations for her and. Yeah, that was disappointing, and that was surprising, and unexpected. So it's a bit of a compliment, yet she wins the award. If, if that makes sense, even though that sort of contradicts each other. But anyway, the most interesting thing that I saw today is probably Sara Suribes Tormo. Do you realize that she makes a living out of being... And excuse my language, a cunt. Like, like she professionally, for her 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 career, her occupation is to be a a, a pest, uh, a parrot, like a like a menace. You know what I mean? Like that is her job. That is what like you know what I mean? Like imagine being paid handsomely for being a thorn in somebody's backside. I mean, that is truly probably the most interesting thing in all of sport. I think Pat Beverly is the same. He gets paid millions of dollars, um, the point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA. Pat Beverly gets paid millions for being a, a dickhead, for for just being a, 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 like a stick up your ass. I mean, truly, that's amazing. And, and Sara Suribes Hormo is having success not only being a professional cunt, but also uh, a, a professional tennis player. Again, I'm not surprised, nor am I impressed um, by her win. And, and on the contrary, I'm not surprised or disappointed uh, by Osaka's loss. Um, that is clearly why I avoided those matches. If you went into that either one of those matches, uh, Sakuri Kasatkina, Osaka, Suribes Tormo, with a bet in your hand, a ticket, and, and you told me that you have an edge, or, or you're going into this match uh, with this bet that you placed, and you really like it, and you feel great about it, um, then I'm sorry you're lying to me and to yourself, and you're talking out of your ass. Uh, there's, you, you could give your phone to your dog, and and they could come up with a bet that's better than anyone who spends hours handicapping a match like that. Honest. Honesty. So tomorrow on Monday we have uh, the beginning of round three for the women. Uh, four matches tomorrow and four matches on Tuesday. Um, so this is what the draw looks like as it stands. Uh, Jill Teichman, Elena Rubakino, Raducanu Kalanino, Kasset Kina Suribes Tormo, Pegula Andriscu, Buskova Alexandrova, Vika Anisimova, Jabor Bencic, Goff Halep. Those last four matches are going to be played tomorrow. The bottom half uh, plays first. And then the top half, who concluded second round action today, will play uh, their third round matches on Tuesday. Uh, so tomorrow on Monday. Um, we have Buskova Alexandrova, the winner faces Vika or Anisimova, and then Jabor Bencic, uh, the winner in the quarterfinal will face either Goff or Halep. Um, so it's getting really good, and, and I feel like truly at this point, everyone who's here uh, deserves to be here. If they made it this far, then honestly, I feel like none of these players, it's like, oh, well, what the fuck, you know? Um, maybe Buskova you can sort of say like, well, what the fuck is that about? And Uns Jabor, because uh, she struggled against um, two baby food players, and she's had the easiest draw and, and hasn't performed. Uh, she's probably performed to, to, to her opponent's level. Um, but anyway, here we go. 
Now, yesterday, when I uh, did yesterday's show, I uh, we sort of had a preview of these matches. These matchups were already set. Um, these third round matches that are going to be played tomorrow, and we had a chance to look at some lines as well. Um, Bencic was like minus 120. She's now minus 140 against Ons Jabor. Um, Simona Halep is going to take an absolute shit on Coco Goff. It's going to be a massacre. Uh, Simona Halep is just playing so, so well, inspired under her her coach, uh, Patty Cakes, Mortogololololo. Uh, and um, if you didn't know this, Coco Goff also once trained with uh, Patrick Mortogololololo and, and, uh, and trains at the uh, Patrick uh, Mortogololololo uh, Academy. So Patrick Mortogololololo is very familiar with her game and he's now obviously the coach of Simona Halep. Uh, so he can sort of uh, give her insight, pointers, and 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 and, and talk about ways and a strategy to exploit uh, Coco Goff's game and her weaknesses, uh, which I think is a huge uh, sort of situational advantage here. And even you know Simona Halep, Coco Goff, even if she didn't have a coach or anything like that, she'd probably still uh, take a shit on her. We saw what she did to Paula Bedosa. Simona Halep's minus four and a half. Uh, two zeros a little expensive. Uh, minus four and a half also looks a little expensive. So I'd go lock that in um, as soon as you can. Simona in straights. Simona minus four and a half. Can't go wrong. Benchich minus 140. I think any money line bet for Benchich is good. Uh, even though 2-0 has a lot of value, I'd... Uh, shy away from that. Benchich sometimes let lets leads uh, split away, uh, uh, slip away. Um, sometimes she she fights from a set down. So I'm not uh, overly optimistic on that. Even though I do love the price and I love Benchich uh, tomorrow in this matchup uh, a lot. Uh, if you recall, Belinda Bencic and Jabour, they faced off in the Charleston final not too long ago, and Bencic won in three sets. Look for Bencic uh, to win again uh, tomorrow. I think minus one and a half, minus two games for Bencic is good. The money line is good. 2-0, there's definitely value, uh, but it's a little scary, I think. Honestly, the over is not... A bad bet, but also scary, because what if Benchich crushes? So I think your 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 main focus here should just be Benchich uh, money line. Um, the price is good; it's gotten a little worse, but uh, it's definitely bettable, and and I think it's the right side for sure. Uh, thirdly, uh, Ekaterina Alexandrova versus Mari Bushkova. Uh, Alexandrova doesn't get much uh, hype headlines appreciation coverage uh anything like that um quietly having herself a pretty good uh clay season uh charleston stuttgart um and here in madrid so far um some good performances tough matches even extending from the end of hardcore season and the sunshine double in miami uh she played pretty well uh, took Vika to three sets, uh, choked the tiebreak, choked the third set. Uh, it's okay. Alexandrova usually chokes in, in big moments like that. Uh, but Bushkova here should be light work for her. I think Alexandrova has some confidence going. And her game looks really good. She looks, she seems very sharp. And she should be confident. Ostapenko in the first round and then an inspired uh, Nuria Paredes-Diaz in the second. Uh, this is good stuff. Speaking of Nuria Perez-Diaz, Sara Soribas Tormo is the only Spanish player left in the draw. Uh, four of them won their first round matches. Uh, Mukuruta, Bedosa, Soribas Tormo, uh, Nuria Perez-Diaz. Um, and they all lost their second round match. Uh, Mukuruta, Bedosa, Perez-Diaz, except for Soribas Tormo. She's the only Spanish player through to the third round. Um, Alexandrova's money line moved from minus 140 to minus 180. Um, right now, her money line is a bit too much uh, to be bet on straight. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that still don't mind doing that, uh, and they'll probably do it. Those are probably the same people that bet on Osaka money line today. 
straight. Uh, same with Sakari Moneyline uh, today, also straight. Um, I hope they don't bet this, because then the, uh, she'll probably lose, right? Um, but no, uh, I think Alexandrova in straights looks good. Alexandrova minus two and a half, three and a half, or minus three uh, all look good. Uh, Simona Halep and Alexandrova parlay pays even money. And I think that's definitely good. That's basically a way uh, to get Alexandrova uh, money line at even money because Simona Halep should be minus 56,000 against Coco Goff. I mean, who the fuck is Coco Goff anyway? Uh, seriously. I mean, Simona is minus 345. Like, yeah, that's a lot. But why is it not minus 1,700? Or minus 1,000? Or minus 800? Like, really, I, I, I really don't understand. Uh, this is actually a disrespectful line. Like, I've seen minus 1,000s before. This should be minus 1,000. So, yeah, there's value here on Halep Moneyline. Really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. There's an edge here. And I think Halep and Alexandrova in a parlay for, for even money or better, plus 101. I mean, wow. Lastly, this is one that I talked about yesterday. Vika Anisimova. Uh, Vika Azarenka versus uh, Anisimova. Uh, I like the over here a lot. Uh, for a side, I think this is a 50-50. Anisimova was minus 120, now minus 175. Big line movement. Um, so I, say, I think as a result of that, there's now some value on Azarenka. But my favorite bet, my main bet, my 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 biggest bet on this match will be on over 21 and a half. Uh, and probably show some love to Azarenka Moneyline as well, up to plus 145. Um, for Tuesday, the rest of the, the 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 top half of the draw, those third round matches, uh, at the moment, Kasatkina is minus 130 against Suribas Tormo. Suribas Tormo plus 110, over under 21.5. Raducanu is minus 140 against Kalanina. Kalanina plus 115. Uh, Pegula Andriscu is a pick'em. Jill Teichman is plus four, plus two twenty against Rubakina. Um, you can come back to this episode and listen to the lines. These odds are from Bavada. If you're curious to see, uh, to sort of monitor line movement, those matches are for Tuesday. Um, we're nearing the business end of this tournament. Um, it's about to get really exciting. We're through to the second week, even though the first week was like a, like half a week. Um, but no, it's getting good. I mean, the players uh, who've made it here so far, it feels like all of them have sort of had it easy in a way. Um, but still, all playing good tennis, and I, I feel like these next couple matches will really um, highlight who who the who the. Who the like, who's for real and who's not? Who's hot, who's not, you know? Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, good stuff. Really excited. Uh, Betting-wise, today has been... Uh, today was pretty good. Uh, hopefully, we have a good March. Uh, April ended down 18 units. Um, it was a pretty rough month. Um, with some good and bad stretches. I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of tennis. Um... I bet men's, and, and I don't know why I did that. Um, hopefully, I'll never do that again in my life. Um, to talk about the men's super quick, um, Tiafo today in the final in, 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 in Estoril in Portugal, I have no words for that. You know, people who bet Tiafo today, I, I have no sympathy for you. Um, would I have bet Baez? No, but I would not have bet Tiafo. I would have not bet that match. Uh, simply, simply put, today, uh, everybody and their mother and their dog and their milkman and their neighbor and their cousin was on Delbonis today. Federico Delbonis against Dan Evans uh, of the first round of the ATP Madrid. They started today. Uh, and Federico Delbonis lost in straight sets to Dan Evans. 
Last time, the entirety of Twitter, and their neighbors, and their moms, and their milkmen, and their cousins, and their neighbors, and their moms, and their dogs, were on a particular side of a Dilbonis match, was when Chami uh, uh, Munar played against Dilbonis. Everyone was on Munar 2-0, minus 3.5, minus 4.5. Uh, Dilbonis won that match.